0: Hello and welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Gonzo. And this is Steve. Steve, this is it. The bonus episode, Voice Memo Spectacular. I can't
1: wait. I've been looking forward to this for
0: weeks. Alright, so I also have, you know, last week I started texting like Tara. We started texting back and forth and... I was like, I, I wanted to go to like the farmer's market and buy some of the sausage, but we just didn't get to um, over the weekend. And, but then I was like, oh, it's like, tell me where you live. We actually live really close to where I work. So after work one day, I just stopped by our house and I bought a ton of sausage. <laughs> and today I posted it on the Instagram, but today, 4th of July, happy 4th of July, everybody. Uh, we were, we grilled some burgers and I threw some of the sausages on the, uh, on the grill and I love them. They're they're delicious. They are very good. So I heated. I kept one for you and heated it up. It, this is honey habanero. So let's do every everybody's favorite thing and eat over a podcast. <laughs> so people can just hear you chewing. <laughs> Everybody,
1: maybe you can take a picture of it, Don. Yeah. Oh, like, I'm gonna. I have my phone. I can do that. I'm eating this right now. I feel a uh, feel a lot of pressure. All right, I'm ready. <laughs>
0: Okay, so the honey habanero had a little bit of a kick, but I, I I thought habanero was like, oh, that might be really spicy, but it it I thought I thought it had a a good kick. It wasn't too much. I loved it. It it's probably my favorite flavor that I've tried so far.
1: It's really 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 good.
0: It's like it tastes like really high quality meat. this is like a huge uh like plug for Jerome Market sausage, but I love I loved it. I and I'm like I love sausage. I'm like, I'm a connoisseur of like sausages.
1: I'm 100% satisfied. I'm going to call Tara. I'm going to buy some. (laughs) Sweet. I'm glad you like it. It gets a pass.
0: All right. So thanks to everybody
1: for listening to me eat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You could hear the crunch of that little sausage. So let's start with Crystal Nettles voice memo. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. So Crystal sent us a voice memo. Here it is.
2: Hey everyone, this is Crystal Day, formerly known in high school as Crystal Netto, and I just wanted to share a fond memory of high school with you, and this was in 10th and 11th grade honors English class with Miss Collister, and I loved it. I had so much fun in that class, and it was mostly because I could go and I could laugh, and it, I could not only depend on just just a laugh but a good hearty gut laugh (laughs) and um Miss Collister did a great job at creating an atmosphere in her class where we could all go and have a great time enjoying one another's company yet still work hard and learn and get things done Adam Watson and Bryson Shreve were the class clowns in her class and (laughs) it was so fun so thank you you two for really making that class fun and for putting a smile on my face every day, I enjoyed every second of it. Adam would go to class early, and he would draw a comic on the whiteboard and with some caption, and it was fun going to class, seeing what he came up with every day, and they were so original and just funny. And Bryson would crack jokes all the time, and it was fun. It was a good time. Miss Collister, there was one day, I will always also remember this, where she was in the middle of lecturing or teaching, and all of a sudden, her stool gave way, and she came crashing down. And the look on her face, her, her, and the look in her eyes of terror... And everyone was in shock, and we all kind of just kind of at first didn't really know what to do. And Miss Collister was a great sport about it. She laughed it off, and so we all had another good laugh. But it was totally, you know, something that was completely unexpected and in the middle of something where we were, you know, going deep into some English lecture, and and then we had her still still come down and her crashing on the floor. So, anyways, it was a great time. Thanks to everyone that was in that class for making it enjoyable. Here's to 10th and 11th grade honors English.
1: All right, Crystal.
0: <laughs> Thanks for sending that in. That's hilarious. It's such a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay, what's next, Gonzo? All right, so we have a voice memo from Dusty. So... Let's get to it.
3: (laughs) This is Dustin Copeland. Um, I'm just referring to the time where Gonzo fit himself in a dryer. Well, most of you don't know how uh, we got rid of that dryer that was sitting on the stage for quite a while near the end of the school year. So, as you know, me and Gonzo were scene buddies in theater class, and uh, Mr. Burrell asked Gonzo to get rid of the dryer. So during that class period, I pulled up in my Ford Tempo, little white Ford Tempo, and we couldn't fit the dryer in it until Alex Fackrell came along and it fit in his car. So we drove around trying to figure out where to get rid of this dryer, and we saw, like, a dump trailer behind the old Desert Industries in Sandy. So me, Gonzo, and Alex lifted that sucker high, (laughs) and kind of just dumped it into that, well, dumpster and never heard from it again. So that's what happened to the dryer that Gonzo used during Mr. Jordan High. Take care.
0: funny thing is that I had completely forgotten about that. But when you said that story, I remembered like, having to get rid of that dryer with you and trying to figure out how to like get it in. And then uh, Alex, um, fitting it in his vehicle... And I just remember, like, it was during school, and we were just driving around, like, <laughs> Sandy, like, looking to, for a place to figure out what to do with this dryer. So I remember just having that nice feeling of, like, hey, we're kind of, like, we're not in class or anything, but, I mean, a teacher told us to get rid of this dryer, so it's like, <laughs> I guess it's legit. <laughs>
1: you know, it made me think of a, a story where I was with you, and we were with Ray, I don't remember who else might have been with us, but I had these nasty old mattresses.
0: Was Trent Wilkes there? Maybe.
1: Maybe. But it was kind of the same deal. Like we had, my mom had these mattresses that she put like in the backyard and were so gross. (laughs) And I was like, we got to get rid of these. And so I borrowed my grandparents' Suburban. And I was like, I know the perfect thing to do with these mattresses. (laughs) So we drive up to Don Hoover's house in the middle of the day. We back up. And we're about to open the back doors and throw them on the lawn. And we look, and Don's standing in the window staring at us. So crap, busted. So we hurried and drove away really fast. And so the next person we thought of was Cameron Swenson. <laughs> so we just hurry and back up. And we throw these mattresses on his lawn. We drive away. And then we're...
0: Alex backroll was there.
1: Yeah, we were like, we were away watching. And Ray... Because no one, we we rang the doorbell and ran away and no one came. So Ray runs up again, starts banging on the door. And right then Cameron's parents came home. (laughs) It's like, oh crap. And they're in the car. So he books it running one way down the street. And we, (laughs) we drive the other way in the suburban and catch up with him, catch up on the other side of the street. He hops in and we are just booking it in the neighborhood. We're going like 50. Yeah. And Cameron's dad is chasing us. We're having like a high speed chase in the neighborhood. (laughs) And we got away. But then, like, a little bit later, uh, I get a phone call from my grandpa, and he's like, Stephen, wired the police at my house? You <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. And, like, he had taken down the license number and called the cops. So the cops went to the address, and uh, so I got in big trouble. I went back to Cameron's house. I was like, hey, I'm here to pick up <laughs> the mattresses, and Cameron's like... Sorry, my dad called the cops on you guys. And uh, so, just like you and Dustin and Alex were thinking, is like, what am I going to do with these mattresses? Took them to the DI and threw them in a big dumpster. And I don't know what we would have done without that DI and all the junk that we had to get rid of.
0: That's so funny. I even think I have a little bit of that on tape. Um, oh, we recorded
1: that. Didn't yeah,
0: we? we recorded it, and I have Alex pulling the um, the mattresses <laughs> from the back of the car somewhere on tape. So I think maybe Gus has it. I. I got rid of all that stuff. But. <laughs> all the evidence. Um, how about we go with Pierce's story next. So we asked Pierce uh, on our outro, we, we were asking him to send us a voicemail follow-up, what he would do differently, or what does he want to do differently as a father uh, compared to his father. And he sent us the answer. So let's play it.
4: All right. So to answer Stephen Gonzo's follow-up question on me, I guess they asked, what am I doing differently, or what did I learn from my experience, or how am I doing different things as a dad now compared to my dad? How am I different? How am I the same? I'm trying to think of a way of saying this without like making it sound like I'm insulting my dad or anything, because my dad's a great dad. I would say that, for the most part, I, I would say my goals are of success over things that I'm trying to accomplish are very... Based around my family, my wife, my boy—like their success is my Um, success—and I know my dad would feel the same. But in his life, as I said, when he's grown up as this competitive bodybuilder, he was very focused on his own body, on his own competitions, on getting bigger and what people thought of him and and uh, his size. And you know, just getting bigger and better every day. And though I focus on that too, I focus on getting bigger and better, but in different ways. Like I exercise and. You know, see what kind of accomplishments I can get. It's not my primary focus. My primary focus is on how many accomplishments my wife and son do, and how I'm celebrating that to be a good father and be supportive. and And uh, I, I think the difference between me and them, or excuse me, me and him, is that I'm really just trying to make it so they know without a shadow of a doubt that. Anything and everything that I do is 100% for them. I'm very, very much about, you know, making them happy and, and seeing them be happy. That's, that's what makes me happy. That's my main goal. And though that was probably my dad's goal as well, like he was probably happy every time he saw us happy, his goals were more self-based and becoming a big bodybuilder and, and being successful in other people's eyes for himself. And, and not, I don't know if, Necessarily, he thought that um, the same way as I do. But I feel that I feel successful if my family is successful, and I shoot for them to, you know, raise their goals and shoot for higher goals and try to accomplish that. And I'm trying to be less focused on me and more focused on them and their success and their happiness. So that's uh, that is what I would say would be different. Is that I'm trying to focus on them. Where, in a simplest term, he was more trying to focus on his own goal of reaching the Mr. Utah big bodybuilder setup. Whereas I'm, I'm less focused on me and more focused on them as my goal. Like that's that's my success and not so much my own success. If that makes sense. Um, again, Steve Gonzo, uh, great being on the show. And yeah, hopefully that answered your question.
0: Pierce, thank you so much for sending that in. And again, I mean, I was talking about this before on on his episode. And it does, I mean, I have a complicated relationship with my dad and it's it's hard. And, and, and I can see that even in his answer, which was very thoughtful, but he's still struggling because he has that, I feel like he has that, he loves his dad and respects and still looks up to him. But at the same time, he does notice some things that maybe that he do he does wants want to do better. He wants to be, you know, he wants to focus on his family success. When his wife comes up, when his kid comes up, he comes up with him. That he feels like his his successes come from his family successes, not from his own personal achievements. Which I think that's the, the difference. But no, thanks for sending that in, Pierce. It it does, and I think about that all a lot. I mean. I mean, with, and I, I, I think I mentioned this, with my dad, it's like, he never listens. And I, I want to be someone that listens. And it, and I love my dad. I still look up to him and respect him. But I, you know, differently than what how he raised us, I want to be a father that can have conversations with their kids, that their kids can feel like, I want my kids to feel like they can be open with me uh, without having to be afraid of, like, me getting mad. You know, it's just like, I want them to be, if they make a mistake, to come and be able to talk to me. I want, I want to be able to have a relationship where we can have conversations. So. I think about that. And
1: I think that a lot of us, you know, we see things from our childhood now. And I think that there's so much information in, in social media and, and otherwise available to us that we. we see things that our parents did that we really like. We also see things that our parents did that's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. With the information we have now, and I think with my relationship with my dad, I talk about how he lived in a different state since I was 12, so we're not close, but I I often will say that I'm really... He was a good dad for young children, but I'm glad that I had grandparents and young men's leaders and others, friends' parents, that taught me a little bit more when I got to become a teenager how to be a husband and a father, because I, I, I liked and I really appreciate the lessons I learned from them more than what I maybe would have gotten from my dad. And I don't mean that as a as a insult to my dad. It's just yeah. that I don't I don't think that I would have become the husband and father that I am today
0: because of him. But even then I think one of the nights after we were done recording you were talking to me and you were saying are we is there any way not to screw up your kids? <laughs> and I was I thought that was a good question and honestly I feel like maybe not like we're all gonna screw up screw them up some some way we're just trying to be a little better to do a little to do your best to do a little better to focus on the things that are really important to you it's like this is the kind of dad i want to be and just do your best but there's no way there's going to be, you know, they're going to be sitting in therapy and like <laughs> in 20 years talking to, uh, about how you screwed up about something. Or My you dad have... would always leave on Sunday
1: nights to hang out with Gonzo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice to not screw them up, but it, it's probably like, just try to do it a little less than we were screwed up. <laughs> it's like that Kenny Chesney song, like a little
1: messed up, but we're all all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Well, thanks, Pierce, for sending that
0: in. Yeah, thank you. So we have, we have. Oh, so this one's. We have a couple of responses, and we probably should read an email too. So we got an email from Nick Raymond, and we got a voice memo from Zach Hewitt uh, in response to Ryan Borgmeier's episode. He had beef with Nick and Zach, and Zach sent a voice memo to to respond, and Nick sent us an email. So we, we'll read the email. And do you want, should we read the email first? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's read it. the email. It was actually really sweet. Like a very nice email. It starts like this. So it says, Hey boys, after hearing Ryan's podcast, I want to say thank you, Ryan, for all the nice things you said. After hearing his episode, it shows me just how different perspective can be from others. Eyes. When I think of Ryan, there are three things that come to mind. one, competitor, two, always got the better of me on the basketball court, and three, not a two-faced person. Despite the one confrontation when Ryan said something minor behind my back, he wasn't completely wrong about me thinking cooler than I am. My kids remind me that of every single day. Trust me. He also talked about being a chameleon and fitting in with LDS and non-LDS friends. That's what stuck out to me because that was easy for him to do. He was never far from the person he was at the core, and I really respected and still do respect that about him. That's how I viewed him all these years. Not the kid and not the only one that said something behind my back. I let competition get the best of me a lot throughout the years, and I don't have a single regret about it. Nor should Ryan, at least when it comes to the competitive riv- rivalry that was between us years back. I still compete in everything I do, no matter with what person it is against. I'm not beneath smacking the controller out of my son's hand if I'm at jeopardy of losing. Competition molded me as a person, and Ryan had a part in that. One comment doesn't change the person that he, that he was and has always been in my eyes. I love to see how he has grown and the family man he's become. My in-laws live in Bellevue, so I'll hit you up right when we're in town and we can go get a drink on me. I really enjoy the podcast and hearing how everyone is doing this point, at this point in life. Keep up the solid work, gentlemen, and I look forward to many, many more episodes. Nick Raymond. Thanks, Nick. And um, that's, that's a really nice email. I thought it was really thoughtful, and I love
1: how much he covered. You can tell that he, he put a lot of thought into a response. And uh, I love that he says, I'm still competitive, like competition, and that competitive drive is what shaped him. And I love that he just, he did it with no regrets. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll have to, we'll reach out a little bit more after this and see if he wants to do a follow-up in-person interview.
0: Yeah, have an episode, Nick. (laughs) Um, So, and then let's have the voice memo from Zach Hewitt.
5: Wow. I I just finished listening. This is Zach Hewlett, by the way. Goodness. I am beside myself after having just listened to Ryan Borgmeyer's beef. I, I'm amazed at the true character of Ryan. And I've known Ryan since elementary school. We've been really good friends. We hung out together and spent a lot of time at each other's houses and done a bunch of stuff together. But my word, that was one of the more powerful beefs I've ever heard. And um, and I'm sorry, I've been brought to tears by it, but my word, that was so powerful. And I truly appreciate, Ryan, your willingness to show that you felt like you made a mistake in the moment. Honestly, uh, as as a captain, I thought you were a great captain. I loved playing basketball with you and hope that someday we can run it back. But, man, that moment was really hard for me, and Coach Mishmash was really, really hard on me. And I I don't know why. Uh, I have high expectations, but my physical body and my frame just weren't in the shape that I needed it to be. Um to be able to, I mean, if you think about it, he was six foot nothing and like a track athlete and he could run for days. And I was this chubby 16 year old kid that had horrible eating habits and (laughs) was not in good shape. And I, I, anyway, um, for you to say what you said and that if you could go back and do it again, that you'd run with me that, that means the world to me. And so, um, I think that's why I consider you one of my great friends having grown up together. And uh, anyway, I just appreciate you. So, um, thank you for those kind words and truly, um, uh, I just love you for it. So Gonzo and Steve, keep doing what you're doing. This is so fun to listen to, and I'm sorry that this is a long voice memo, but truly, I get something out of every single podcast that you guys are putting out, so keep running, and anybody, I I challenge anyone from our graduating class to get on here and let your wall down, talk about who you were, and uh, there are people that are listening that need to hear your words, so thanks a lot. Talk
0: to you guys again soon. Zach, that was really nice. And he, Zach is a softie. He's like, he's crying at every voice memo. <laughs> In the best way. But yeah, that was very, that was very sweet. That was nice. All right. So mostly the next one, we have a voice memo from Brady Leavitt, another Pearl of Wisdom from Bishop Leavitt. This one, it was, is so funny. All right, well, we'll play it, and then we'll talk
6: about it. Hey, Gonzo. Hey, Steve. This is Brady with another quick voice message. I just listened to the episode where you interviewed Tara Jewel Jerome, and uh, awesome episode. Good job. Had a little bit of beef that I needed to uh, bring up with Tara. Uh, First off, Tara, sorry for being so awkward and lame when we broke up. (laughs) You are awesome. (laughs) Always have been, always will be. Um, and sorry for I think after we got I got engaged to my wife you reached out and offered to get together for like to cook for us or something like that and to come celebrate this you know our upcoming big event and I don't think we ever took you up on that probably because I was feeling awkward and you were being awesome so sorry for that some other beef I shortly after we broke up we were playing water polo and speaking of bloody noses Uh, We were swimming in the pool uh, doing like a scrimmage and I believe that I accidentally uh, smacked you in the face as I was trying to swim by and gave you a bloody nose. So sorry for being an abusive ex-boyfriend. That was lame. And then the final bit of beef was there was this one time we went on a date and uh, we were at somebody's house for a party. and. I must have had some nachos or something for dinner because I was feeling a little rumbly in the tummy. And as we were getting ready to leave, I opened up your door uh, to to let you get in and then closed the door and then executed some advice that I had received uh, that uh, after you put your date in the car, then you can put your foot up on the bumper and tie your shoelace (laughs) and fart if you need to. And so I did, and it was a good thing I did. I didn't try and sneak it because it was big and loud. Uh, and so anyway, as I wrapped up my business, I, I walked over to the driver's side door of the car to get in, and I realized that all of the windows were down in the car. So I don't even know if you remember this, but for me, I was mortified And I feel like in my memory of the, of the memory, we just sat there like awkwardly and silently for a long time before I then started the car and put it in reverse and drove away. So anyway, just a little bit of beef. I love the episode. It was good to hear from everybody. Uh, So long.
0: So Brady, uh, yeah, you're awkward (laughs) AF. (laughs)
1: you dodged that bullet. <laughs> <That's>
0: so funny. <laughs> 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 All right. So we have... Um, so Jamie sent us a voice memo. Here you go. Jamie.
7: Hey, Stephen Gonzo. This is Jamie Foreman McMurray. I think your podcast is awesome. It's so cool to hear these stories from people. Um, I just finished the episode with Bonnie. I know I'm a little bit behind, but it made me very curious How did Bonnie and Gonzo end up together? You said that Gonzo thought she was a total babe, but then you left us hanging. So what's the rest of the story?
0: So Jamie, to respond, so Bonnie and I met uh, when we were 19, a whole bunch, a group of friends all went to the state fair and we met there. We kind of like hit it off. Like we shared a a funnel cake that night. And then after for a while, we were hanging out a lot. And we were kind of like, we liked each other. Bonnie even like called me out, called me out on it, cause we were hanging out a lot, but I was not making any moves. And one night she's like, "Hey, are we? Is this gonna happen or not? Are we gonna date?" And I was like, "No, I guess no, maybe not." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Bonnie still like that's one of the beef that she has with me that I rejected her when we were then, and uh, I I can make excuses for myself like. That was the time, and I've talked about this a lot, like, post high school, I was feeling, it was like a a stint of, like, when I was feeling really depressed, so, and I felt, like, worthless too, like, it was hard for me to work, it was hard for me to, like, go to college, I didn't know what my future, or if I had, like, a future health, and then, so then a relationship was something that I wasn't, like, looking for, I didn't, so i don't know it's that's an excuse the truth is i i rejected her then and hurt her and um we didn't talk for a while like we still stayed friends but then we started hanging out less and then when i got back from my mission i did like that my mission helped me a ton to feel more at at ease and at peace with myself in my situation I felt less ashamed of being an immigrant or an illegal immigrant. I was like, you know, I've talked about this in the past, but it's just like I did have a kind of a chip on my shoulder. And then I was like, you know, it's like after my mission, I was like, I'm I'm illegal. And if you don't like it, you know, it's like, f you so um so i did have like this that an attitude change and then i did see bonnie at the halloween party and she was like she looked really hot so yeah i mean that also reminded me of like all the fun times that we had together and how you know i hadn't seen her in years so it, it did remind me like yeah that you know well she's bonnie's a really cool girl so i just made that note to my note self to like look her up next time she's single and yeah a few months later i did find out that she had broken up with her boyfriend so i think like even like a few days after that happened i started messaging her and yeah she also she also you know gave me that other a second shot so a second chance so yeah she forgave me i guess for um for for rejecting her then and yeah, we started dating, and we dated for about a year after that, and, yeah, soon after, like, we got married, and, you know, the rest well, the history. was this
1: before or after, like, the mud wrestling in southern Utah?
0: So, uh, mud wrestling in southern Utah was, I want to say, way before. So, it was when we were hanging out a ton, a, a ton, but before, like, I said, you know, before she called me out and, and but, yeah, so it was... Like we still were like really flirty with each other, like so okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Jamie, hopefully that answers your question, and uh I'm hopefully I'm not in trouble, so <laughs> 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 uh, the next voice memo is <laughs> from Lacey um Kirk. Here it is,
8: hey, guys, I just wanted to drop you a little memo and just tell you that this is so fun. I've already told you it's so fun, but seeing you guys be best friends still and hear that Gus is still in the guy group, you guys have always been like the Three Musketeers. So to see that you guys are still best friends and to see how close you become over the years just really makes my heart happy and it's really cute. I feel like I've kind of watched your guys' romance grow and it's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is just really fun. I've had so many people reach out since our episode and just made more connections and had so many great conversations. People bring up things that I don't even remember. And they're like, well, didn't this happen? Or why didn't you talk about this? I'm getting a lot of crap for not talking about being pregnant in high school. <laughs> it's been really fun and I'll continue to share and I can't wait for more.
0: Lacey, thank you so much. And I I love I'm like I love that we kinda hashed out beef with Lacey and we're like friendly now. And she is such a supporter of the podcast. Yeah. Like on her Instagram, every new episode, she's sharing it. Yeah. So it's like, thank you, Lacey, so much. Uh thank you for your support and you know, I'm happy we were friends.
1: <laughs> Me too. I whenever we hear like just good feedback it just it encourages me to want to keep doing this with Gonzo, and it's really fun to get messages from other people, but your, your voice memo was great to be able to just to, to hear from you again and have your support. It, it's awesome.
0: All right, so, so we have a voice memo from Rafi.
1: Yeah, can't wait for that one.
0: Here it is. <laughs>
7: Hey, Stephen Gonzo. This is Rafi. I just wanted to send you a voice memo update and let you know that you have a new podcast listener. His name is Bodhi and he's a little over two weeks old now. Um, and we just wanted to say thanks for, (laughs) you can probably hear him in the background, um, say thanks for keeping us company. We were listening to podcast episodes while we were recovering in the hospital. And also um, to say congratulations to Ryan Borgmeier and his family. Um, we were listening to his episode. It sounds like we have similar tastes in baby boy names and also kind of a similar story with Bodhi. So he was originally due June twenty second, and he decided to come about a month early um, on Memorial Day, May thirty first. So, congr- congrats, Ryan, and um, keep up the good work, Stephen Gonzo. We've really liked listening to all of your all of the episodes so far. All right, so talk to you guys soon. Bye.
0: Rafi, that's so nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I hope that I uh, hope that your baby's just going to start having. Steven Gonzo accents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen to that baby that baby cooing. It was like it melts my heart. <laughs> yeah. I love babies. More yeah, babies the better. So, congratulations Raffi and Bodie. Welcome welcome to the podcast family. Yeah. Glad to have you. All right. So, we have two voice memos left. One from Natalie Roush, our number one fan. And one from Miss Earl. So who do you want to go to next, Miss Earl or
1: Natalie? I have to go with Natalie. <laughs> I, I love Natalie. I love everything about her. So she, she wanted to send in a voice memo. She sent in a voice memo for we were together on Father's Day. Yeah. So she sent this in while we were together
0: on Father's Day. Full disclosure, Natalie, you'll notice this. The, the original message you sent was really slow. I think you were kind of like sleepy or <laughs> like send it really late at night. So I, I'm speeding it up a little bit. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to do like best editing work I can. So if you sound weird, sorry.
8: <laughs> hey guys, it's Natalie Roush. I am Steve's wife. It's Father's Day. It's about 10 o'clock at night. And... Steve and Gonzo. You guys are recording another podcast right now. I just wanted to take this opportunity tonight to first of all wish you a happy Father's Day. Steve, you could not be more of a dream dad for my kids and I'm very grateful that you are the one that's raising them with me and that they get to learn what it looks like to care about other people and work hard and truly be yourself from someone like you. And just so grateful to have you as my partner. And Gonzo, I have loved watching you be a dad and a husband and I just think (laughs) those kids are so dang lucky. Uh, You are both men that love your wives and love your kids and you would do anything for them and you are always, always, always thinking of them and genuinely wanting to spend your time with them. And that's very admirable, Uh, (laughs) especially on a day like what Steve and I had today. What a lovely Father's Day to show us what being a parent is truly like in the heat of the summer when Wesley's not feeling that great and Callie is Callie. But I had to get on and just Give a quick shout out to what you guys are doing and to so many that have been on the podcast and the devotion that you have for your families and your passions. And although I'm not a beat digger, it's a cold hard truth. <laughs> I am a hawk, barely, but I did graduate, so I'm a hawk. I am really, really fond of the Beat Diggers 2004. I've loved listening to you, and it's very inspiring. You guys are really turning this podcast into a place where unity can happen in a world that's so divisive right now. (laughs) I tend to think of, and I think I'm not the only one, but I tend to think of high school as that place that you just wouldn't go back to. (laughs) Not that high school was terrible. It's just like, in my mind, it's not the prime of life. There's a lot of interesting kinds of people that you kind of have your mind set that 17 year old version of that person is who they are. What I've loved learning is we're all so wrong. We think we're so different. And what I keep finding over and over is how relatable we all are. And we all care. (laughs) We all care about people. We all are trying to do our best in this world. We're all learning hard lessons we're all trying to grow from them. I, for one, am very grateful for all the vulnerability that I'm learning from on the podcast, for your willingness to connect with your high school class. It's been really, really cool to especially watch Steven Gonzo. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's been so fun. They just light up when they're talking about this and They're so genuinely interested in each person that they interview. And Steve comes home, and he just wants to talk all night long. And I'm like, babe, this is so cool. And I'm super tired, and I didn't actually know this person. so, like, I'll listen to the podcast, and that'll be fantastic. But it's like midnight, and you stay up really late on Sundays. And that's cool and all, because you're really happy, (laughs) but... They are just so much fun to listen to and their ideas and their banter and I mean you guys, what you're hearing is them. And I think that's my favorite thing about Steve and Gonzo is I'm learning that not only you know for the last I don't know 2008, <laughs> since 2008, Steve has been the same and he's consistent and he's optimistic. He's just so chill. And weird and great. <laughs> and then Gonzo. Gonzo, same thing. He's always been the same. And I think one of the things that I loved learning most so far, obviously I'm most invested in those two, is they've always been that way, even in high school. I just want to let everyone know that that's them, like 100% of the time. And honestly, I don't think there's anything cooler than that. Like that authenticity and that living into who you are I think Steve and Gonzo have had that inside of them for a long time and I think they bring it out of other people it is comfortable with them (laughs) because they care and because they genuinely want to learn and grow and love on people and both those boys oh my goodness I don't know how but they loved high school (laughs) And I love that, Gonzo, you had this idea to go back to high school and just like reshape everything with all the maturity and the experience and the hardships and the struggles and the growth that has happened for people. Because in my eyes, that's where this world becomes united. I don't care how different we are. We can all find things that we can love about each other when we hear each other's stories. And you've given a platform for that. And it's beautiful, even to a hawk. (laughs) So thank you for allowing me to send in this voice memo. And it's just been such a pleasure to watch you guys do this and watch you have so much joy in bringing goodness and light And just a place of connection and community where we all really need it. All of you that have sent in the voice memos, I don't know most of you. There's a handful of you that I do know, but just know that it matters. Like, it really matters. I am so grateful for people that are willing to share their stories because I know that's hard. And that level of vulnerability is powerful. So, anyway. Thanks for listening. Happy Father's Day to all of you. And Steve and Gonzo. Keep it up.
0: Steve, that was that was so nice. Man, I love Natalie so much. Yeah. I In the most platonic way possible. I love your wife. (laughs) (laughs) She
1: appreciates that. I appreciate that. No, she's awesome. She she's a sounding board for me for the podcast. She listens to every episode. She gives me feedback. She gives you feedback.
0: Yeah, it's like, say goodbye only one time, Gonzo, and don't stretch it out. And I'm like, got it. <laughs> it's just so hard. I just want to say bye all the time. And I was like, bye, but I have 10 more questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I love it. And it's, she's just so thoughtful, and um, she's my sounding board for everything. She, I do all my business ideas, all the dental stuff. I complain to her, and I don't know why she puts up with me, but she's absolutely... The better half of our two halves um and so uh yeah i i wouldn't be where i am without her i wouldn't have my kids who i love without her i don't know so really happy that she
0: sent that in thank you natalie and bonnie you're the best <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love bonnie too
0: i love you so much bonnie man i love you <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one last voice memo. Miss Earl. Miss Earl. So we were talking with Borgmeier. We were talking about, like, the assemblies, the Mr. Jordan thing, and Miss Earl. Like, why we couldn't say this stuff. Like, why were they were saying, like, you can't say this, you can't say that. So she sent us a voice memo to respond. Here it is.
2: Okay,
8: boys. Y'all, it's Miss Earl. Just heard the podcast. Why did we not let y'all say those things in the assembly? Because freaking hilarious. Uh, Usually, I think what it was, I had to play, like, when we do good cop, bad cop, I always had to be the bad cop. But it was the administrators that were, like, telling me what you could and couldn't say. So, just so you don't know, me and Mr. Pinnock would probably have let a lot of things slide but we had to act like adults but inside we were like cracking up hysterically so yeah also uh, beginning of the podcast impressive boys very impressed good job
0: that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> that was so good i love that that was so It, it was so funny it's so great and thanks for listening miss earl and and did you notice she was like she's saying like the beginning of the episode that was when we were talking about um counseling yeah, so marriage therapy yeah so it's cool yeah thanks we're, we're trying
1: yeah thanks for listening and uh, tell the other faculty i don't know if you tell everybody <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so then again thank you everyone that sent in voice memos keep keep doing them and and once again if send us like First we want to hear like a funny way that you asked someone to a dance or a funny way that you were asked to a dance. And we'll do we'll do another Voice Mammal episode with just dance stories maybe. I think that would be awesome. Because I think to myself,
1: man, I have so many funny stories of how we asked people and answered people to dances. And a few people have brought up that, that I guess,
0: cultural thing, like that thing that we do in Utah. I think it's only a Utah thing. Yeah, it's like I think all the other stuff. Yeah. all the other states they're like hey go to the prom with me and the girl's like yeah okay, <laughs>
1: sure." And so I think it'll be really fun just to hear some of your your favorite stories
0: and we'll share some of ours and uh, it'll be I'll great. have to think about it I think I know that I know that there were some fun ones so I'll have to uh, oh I, I, I know there's I'll share one there is one really fun one so but you'll have to wait, <laughs> yes, wait.
1: send in those voice memos and thank you to everybody who did this so far uh, it's been really fun just to to sit here and listen to these and, and talk with Gonzo about them and hopefully we can do a few more
0: yeah thanks for listening guys thanks for supporting the podcast and you'll hear from us next time bye-bye bye